0: Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, today we're in part three of our four-part message series called Relational Vampires. And uh, we're essentially playing off this whole idea of what? Come on. Halloween, right? Yeah. Uh, this fall theme, we're actually in the fall now. It's really, really cold outside with, with this relationship or relationship vampires. Uh, but, but what, you know, somebody asked me this week, what in the world is a relationship vampire? And, but everybody knows what a vampire does, right? It, it sucks your blood, right? Blah, blah, blah. If you know uh, Tr- Hotel Transylvania, you know, right? You know, I'm kid-kid I'm friendly, so blah, blah, blah. Every time, you, you just got to watch the movie. It's a good movie, all right? You got to watch it. But we're using that idea, that base concept, to talk about, you know, our, the vampires around us that literally suck the life out of you, that literally just drain you from week to week. and, and But we want to love them the way that, that honors God. And then to do that, it's going to take some strategery, if I can use that word, right? How about that one? I'm going back a couple presidents and those who are old enough to understand that one. But we're going, we're, we're, we're trying, we're trying our best to understand how to do this. Because people honestly are just drained when I see them. From week to week, they're just drained. They're mostly drained and, and everything else. And sometimes you just sort of look at them and you know something has happened and you just don't know what has happened. And then you start to ask the question and then you find out what happened and you can tell that somebody has sucked the life out of them. And it's funny because then all of a sudden you just just sort of love on them a little bit and you start to listen to them a little bit and and then I feel like I've gotten my life sucked out because I've listened to your conversation for the last six hours. Anyways, that's just a little pastor event right there. Um, But I saw this t-shirt a long time ago and I I even used it this this week because one of my friends got hurt and she got some life sucked out of her. And I said, man, we're gonna get this shirt for you because I believe that you need to have this shirt. And it just says simply this. It just says, Jesus loves you. And I'm trying, you know? And I think a lot of us need that shirt. And if y'all want to get that shirt, we'll get that shirt. We'll walk out, you know? Because there the people that are sucking the life out of you. And you're just trying your best to love them. But man, they're killing you, aren't they? Come on, somebody say that. Yeah, right? Come on, right? That's right. Don't just say, uh, this is not good, you know? But this, the truth is, we can speak truth up here. And it's hard to love people. Amen? Okay, I'll say that again, because evidently y'all didn't hear. It's hard to love people, isn't it? Yeah. Especially the person sitting beside you. Now, somebody's like, "Wait a minute! Is that a trick question or what? I might get in trouble. I might sleep on the couch tonight." But you know, week one, we are talked about controlling and manipulative people. All right? No one knows those people, right? Uh, and how, how they are a combination of what we allow, though. That's what the truth is. It's a combination of what we have allowed and created in our own life. That's that's what's taking place when we allow people that control us, we've allowed that to happen somewhere along our lines because we never stood up and told them the truth. And, and it, eventually it just it affects us and it just drains us and it sucks the life out of us. And last week we talked about those who are very critical. Jeff did an amazing job of just talking about those who are critical in our lives and, and how we're supposed to obey God no matter what happens. And, and, but we listen sometimes to the critics more than we do God, don't we? We listen to some of the critiques that come our way versus what we know we should obey. It's kind of funny how we mess that up sometimes and and maybe if we just invert it and just follow God no matter what, maybe the critiques would go away. If we especially express the why we do what we do. See, sometimes people just sit on the why and we don't ever share Jesus. And that's the most important why you should be talking about in the first place. Now, next week, I don't want you to miss this, but we're gonna deal with with hypocritical people. And and, and I think that's a huge piece in our conversation today and our culture. And those people in our lives or around us that claim one thing, but actually, what? They live a totally different lifestyle. They totally, you know, they don't even really follow Jesus, but on Sunday. And they just claim to follow Jesus. They, they can say his name and they can worship, but they, you know, Monday through Saturday just looks totally oblivious to their lifestyle following who God is. And so, and, and, and do we have the right? or an obligation to speak into their life. We're going to deal with that. We're going to challenge you to, to really think about that And as we wrap up relationship vampires. And I think it could change everything for you next week. And so I encourage you to be here because I believe in it. I believe in what we're about to do. So I thought about this this week. Um, before we get in, into today, I was, I was thinking about how many minutes they are in a In a year, I know it's kind of weird to think about. Does anybody else wonder some days? Okay, just me. Um, But, you know, how many minutes are there in a year? And I know you can really quickly Google this and you can find out, you know, but there is like 525,600 minutes in a year. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of minutes. So if you, you know, from last year, this time, what is it, October the 20th or something like that, you've actually spent 525,600 minutes to get to this point right there right there. That's how many minutes you just spent this past year. And and, and so I started thinking about that. And like, you know, most people don't celebrate minutes in a year. Uh, We typically celebrate what? Year. That's right. We celebrate the year. New Year's, right? We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate, you know, those type of big functions. Unless you're a young couple in love, right? Because this is how this got to me this week. And they're like, oh, we're, we're 24 months into our relationship. And I'm just like what, you know, you ain't gonna make it to 25, trust me, you don't know who he is, you know, you're just, you're just being honest with him, or you hear things like, well, we're only three weeks into our relationship, or, you know, and I, and I, I don't do this, but, you know, I know women do, and my wife does, ex, ex, you know, but the only other person I know that does this is, is people with babies, they say, oh, he's 19 months old, you know, I'm like, he's almost two, just say it, he's almost two, right, Um, It's that baby talk. We don't ever just celebrate the 16th birthday by saying, oh, they're 192 months old. You know, we don't say that. We just say it's a sweet 16, right? Does anybody else have a problem with this stuff? I mean, okay, maybe it's just me. Um, But the reason why I go that way and just sort of evaluate these things is because my parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Now, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know now, now my mom would say he has sucked the life out of me." but you know, in those minutes there was a lot of minutes but I, I did some numbers and just calculated, because so I was wondering, my brain started wondering, how many months that would be, right? Because I know if you're a math major, your, your mind wonders like mine does. But that's 599.9 months. Almost 600 months together, they have, they have lived. More than that, because they were, they were together before they got married. But And then you got, I didn't mean that in that, in that way, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, so just, I'll clarify that one. Uh, and so, then, then on top of that, you got, you see, your mind is dirty as mine. Anyways, anyways you got 438,000 hours together. 438,000 hours together. That's a lot of hours, right? And then, check this out, in minutes, It's 26 million minutes, 298,000 minutes together. It's it's really amazing that my mom and dad have been that many minutes together. And in somewhere in those minutes, I was created. I'm just saying, it was one of those minutes. You know, and so I'm just sitting there going back. Like, minutes matter. You know, we sort of just, like, minutes matter. What you invest into matters. Every minute matters. And so why is all that important to us? For right now, where we're at. I mean, currently where we're at, where we're sitting, this minute right here. Why is it important? Because each year you're going to live 525,600 minutes, and about a third of those minutes you're going to sleep. A a third of them this year you're going to sleep, and another third you're just going to be lazy and just you know sit on a log like a Krispy Kreme donut and just glaze over things. And the other third of those minutes you have the opportunity, you have the opportunity (laughs) to be fully present in life. And so I'm just curious. Are you sleeping? Are you just glazing over right now? Or are you fully present in what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in this minute? Because when people pull you down and push you and run over you, they suck the life out of you. And you can come in here this morning with no more minutes. You're tapped out. You're done. Especially when you deal with needy people. And see, what I've learned is inside all those minutes we have that we have collectively have in our lifespan is is there's a couple of minutes that add up and they begin to move and they they create a moment. They create a moment that can change everything. We've already seen that moment here on stage this morning with Misty. And, And it changed everything. Some minutes that she invested in a week has changed her life. And I believe that minute could be an inside of all of us if we just lean in and trust the Holy Spirit in a way that can radically change everything. You see, there's a moment that we can actually learn to love in a way that, just like Jesus did, that changes lives. And there are moments that we take from each minute that God is trying to give to us that could change others' lives. The question is going to be, will we seize the moment in that minute? got really silent. Because we all know that Jesus is trying to do something, but we have to just lean in. We gotta lean into that minute so he can create the moment. And see, today, what I wanna do with the rest of our time is, is I just wanna talk about how do we love people that can be really, really needy? I mean, there's some needy people in our community, right? Yeah, come on, there's a couple of amens, right? And, and people that we really do care about uh, but they always need just that little bit more. They just need that little bit more than we're able to give them. And, and I've, I've actually heard it said this way before, is there is an old spiritual principle that we need to understand today, is that in every group of people, there's always at least one needy, crazy person, right? In fact, the Bible, Bible would probably say it this way, is, is wherever two or three are gathered, at least there's one crazy person in the group. I mean, it's just the way it goes. That's not in the Bible, it's in my Bible. But you know, it's just, but just by show of the hands, would you all agree that there's some crazy people or needy people around you? Anybody out there that's listening? Yes, okay, we got some people that would be in agreement to that. The question is, how are we gonna deal with that moment? How are we gonna deal with that moment that God's, he's birthing it in you, that there's some need around you and you've got to recognize, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with that moment? that minute in time that you can actually change the trajectory of a life? How do we love and care for those who are hurting, that need that extra little attention and needs uh, that can help in minutes in their life, the minutes that we have in our day that that we just don't get drained, but we actually change everything? You, You know you see them. They're in conversation groups everywhere we walk. They, they actually rob you from your minutes or hours that you have in a day. It, it's in those needy people who often dominate the conversation. Uh, as often as you hear the same old story that you heard the last time, right? Sometimes they're negative and sometimes they're, they're the victim. And when you do something for them out of the kindness of your heart, it's never enough. And you give, give, and give, and, and they seem to even want, even want more and more, Right? It could be your relative that you really do love, but you just can't stand to be around. That, 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 that person that mostly is all alone, but really just needs your support. It could be the guy in, the, in your circle groups right now, or your midweek groups, or, or that girl in living room, or that just, just doesn't have a whole lot of friends, or that buddy that's always in need of more and more money every time you see them. The insecure person at the office that's always fishing, that's always fishing for compliments. Do you like this? Did I do good? Always needing that little bit more. It could be your best friend who is a hot mess. Yeah, I said that. Or always struggling. Just can't seem to figure it out. That just is a total drain on your life. And I'm just laying it all out there because I know we've all dealt with these type of people, haven't we? And sometimes you deal with them multiple times a day on the hour, especially if you're around a lot of people. Or maybe if you're like some of my family members, we're just, we're just a messy mess. We, we have a lot of need in our family some days because we ain't got it all figured out. That's okay. We're leaning in, though. We're trying to figure it out. And, but the question goes back to what are we supposed to do with it? What are we supposed to do? How do we honor God? How do we honor God and love them right where they're at? If you engage, you know what it costs. You know what it costs. It's complicated because as a follower of Christ, we really care about these people and we want to help, but whatever we do doesn't seem to be enough. And then if we start to pull back to regroup, then we feel what? Guilty because we're leaving them stranded in their most desperate time or in need, and we want to help them, but if we, if we help them in the wrong way, then it ends up actually, what, hurting them, and it actually can hurt us in the process, because we tend to, what, help less when we get hurt. So how do we love those who are always in need in a way that actually does lift them up without hurting them and actually honors God in a way that love is the centerpiece of everything? And the first thought, if you're taking notes, and here's where we're going to just dive into this morning, and I pray this will sink into your spirit in a way that changes everything, that radically just feeds that fire that God's trying to birth right now. But number one, when we when we give, and we give of our time, and we give our energy, and we give our resources, we want to give strategically. We want to give strategically, and we want to give strategically in a way that can that can change everything. Because most of the time, when we give, not strategically. But most of the time when we give, we give emotionally. We just respond emotionally. We see a need because we care. We just react and we do the first thing that seems easy, right? Convenient or something that actually makes us what? Feel good, right? When we help them because emotionally, when we engage in someone's physical need, we, it makes us what? Feel good on the inside. It, it actually, honestly, it relieves our what? Our guilt. If we're just honest, that's what happens most of the time. And we want to respond with a strategic plan to to help them and give you a moment, a moment in time, a moment in all the minutes that you have this year that changes everything and helps them in long term and not just in short term. And two people who followed Jesus, two people who followed Jesus, they were some of the most earliest disciples. Uh, They were Peter and John, and they found a way to do this that changed everything. And when they strategically loved this person, it really did change everything around the person. And that's where we're going to. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. If you got a U version, turn it on. Let's get this thing going. Acts chapter 3. And so one day there were some people walking by the temple gate and the temple gate was beautiful, and there was a man there that was in a serious need and he was unable to walk and so every day perhaps some friends or some family members, they would carry this guy down to this location to this gate, and, the, and he could just be begging and people would would give to him money and, and that's what he wanted that's what he wanted, and people would actually help him out and they would just you know give him whatever he needed. But when they came along when Peter and John came along. This, this is what actually happened is recorded in, in the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 3. It says this, when he saw Peter and he saw John to enter, he asked them for what? Money. Yeah, it's typical. The first thing you, they always ask for, right? Money. And, and, but Peter, I love what Peter does. He didn't really like start looking for loose change or like, you know, and just start. But he said Peter looked what? Straight at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. Don't just throw your hand out. Look at us. And and so the man gave them his what? Attention, expecting to get something from them. And what he did was was for those who were really in need, we know that if, if you ask long enough, and if you're consistent and persistent enough, eventually there's, there's someone who will emotionally respond to you, and they will give you what? Exactly what you're asking for. Even if you're, what you're asking for isn't what you really need, they'll, they'll give it to you. It's, it's crazy. I don't know how it works, but it's, it's true, right? Most of us have been in this situation before because if, as you drive by what? The person that's, that's panhandling on the bypass or, or maybe there's a needs around you, you, you just do it. Because they've been standing there all day, and you, you connect, and all of a sudden you just you do it. But this guy has learned from every single day that if, if he just relied on others, they would carry him to the gate where he would sit there and he would ask and give me what I want is, is someone would come along and someone would help. And, and, and then basically, and they would feel guilty and so they would, they would do what it's easy, which is to give him a little bit of money and it would help relieve their guilt inside of them and they would give the guy what he wanted and when it was never what he really needed so what do we do? What does it say? You know, what we do is, is sometimes we, 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 we do what's easy, and it helps us feel better, don't we? What, what did the guy want? The answer is easy. the guy wanted what? Come on, say it with me. He wanted what? He wanted money. Most people do want that, right? What would have been easy to give for most of us is just to give him a couple bucks and be along our business, right? Toss him a couple loose chains, and we feel better about ourselves, look at me, how holy I am. He, we even feel good about it, but sometimes we boast about it or brag about it. I just gave him what he wanted, and, and we go on, along our way feeling, what, emotionally better. But here's what Peter and John didn't do, is they didn't respond emotionally, And, and but they were led by the Spirit of God that they didn't they, 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 they went into this guy. They, they, they dove into his heart and his soul, and they, they gave the guy what he wanted, but instead, they, they gave the guy what he needed. Let's keep looking into the story in verse 6, and this see what it says. Then Peter said this, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became what? Strong. He jumped up. Now, he just didn't fall up. He didn't just, like, crawl up. It says he jumped to his feet and began to what? Walk. Then he went with them to, into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Now, I can only admit, you know, in my brain, like I come from the 90s, so he's getting jiggy with it. I mean, it was an awesome moment. I mean, the people are sitting there going, what is going on? There's a guy jumping up and down in the temple courts. That's not supposed to happen. What's going on? So he, he was drawing attention. He was changing everything. He was changing the culture. It's exciting because God is moving in somebody's life and something's happening. And then they said, verse 10, it says, And they recognized him as the man who was used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled, the people were filled with what wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. See, you got a changed life story that's now what? Changing lives. I mean, it's his personal story, man. He's just been healed, and he's just going around just like, I praise the Lord. I mean, he's jumping up and down. He's shouting. You see, what we have here is basically this. We have a minute that changed everything, a minute that created a moment that changed many lives because of this big idea we need to put into practice for our lives, and here it is. If you're not taking notes, you need to right now, okay? Instead of giving a handout. What Peter and John did is they, they give they a guy a miraculous hand up. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church, and that's where you say amen, okay? Instead of handouts, you give guys hands up. You pull them up. You say, come on, I know this is, this is going to be hard, but instantly, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare this victory, and you pull them up. And it might take you a little bit longer with well, some, huh, okay? It might drain you just a little bit more. It might take you a little bit more strategy. That's why we just don't give emotionally. We, we, we strategically go after this stuff, and we pray for God just to use us today. We withdraw just so we know where we need to be walking today. And when we do that, it literally changes everything because you see the need. And when you respond to the Holy Spirit in a way you see a need, it changes people's lives. Just like we heard the story before, they were walking down the street, and literally they knew they were supposed to go into this this place, and they were supposed to pray over this woman. And how awesome is that for someone to experience Jesus, and it changes their life? You see, it's easy to give hands out, but to give hands up may take more time. It may take more faith. It may take more effort. It may take more prayer. It may even take more sacrifice from you. Just to give a hand out, which is easy and it feels good, but to give a hand up, come on. It it would would change everything in a moment if we actually changed how we're going to meet that need. In the name of Jesus Christ, I could give you what you're asking for, but I want to give you what God wants you to have, which is far more than what you're really asking for. You're just asking for this when he wants to give you this. It changes everything. Everything. And that's why we want you to be led by the Spirit. God showed me what it is that you want me to do. And where we're given strategically as God leads us, we need to change lives. Now, what a needy person is going to do is the moment you start to give them what is really, really, really what is said, well, they're going to pull back. But they're going to to say stuff like this. They're going to say, if you really loved me, if you really love me, you, you can fill in the blank. You'll, you'll give me that. If, if you just give me some more attention, if you really love me, you give me a little bit more t- your attention, ah, you know, this is what, if you really love me, if you give me a little bit more of your time, if you really love me, you'll give me that money that I'm asking for. And you just got to stand strong strategically with Jesus who wants to change their life because that's what I want. And that's, that's what I want for you, but what, but what you need is to have the wisdom and the real love that, that he, can, he can change everything because this is what happens when you go after his love in a way that changes lives. Is I'm not just going to give you what you want, but the spirit is leading me to, to give you what you really will help you, and it's, it's his love. Really get what you really need in life is, is to change everything because of his love, not my love, but my love runs through him. We, we, we need to give strategically, and you can help help that person. You can start to walk with that person. As you pull them up, as you give, give them a hand up, you can start to walk with them to find that job. I know it's going to take a little bit more time, but we're going we're gonna to start to pray with that person, meet with that person, and start to just, just to validate that person. We're going to learn who they really are in Christ and to love yourself, honestly, who you are, and accept yourself, who you're called to be, which is a game changer. You are called to be different. And so I'm not going to continue to meet that need that I was never designed to meet in the first place. I'm going to help you find out who you are in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to pull you up. And we're going to watch how strong you get, because my God is so good, and I want to share it to you. The second thing, number two, if you're taking notes, we need to serve wisely. With our time, we need to serve wisely. Look at the way that Jesus cared for people. What he did do, right? He served selflessly. He, he loved authentically. He gave generously. He taught faithfully. He listened compassionately, and then he would step off aside and go reconnect to God to recharge spiritually, and and then he would go serve faithfully again. And what I've noticed is this is is also on my own walk is is, is sometimes this is, is we don't do that often enough. We push ourselves until we're burned out. We, we, we Then we have a negative attitude towards everything and, and giving and, and serving. And then we say things like, I just don't have enough what? Time in the day to do that. I don't have enough what? Minutes to serve, to love, to give. And I think we, we have to own that one ourselves because we're called to care to also, we're, to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Look at the rhythm of the, what Jesus created in Mark chapter one, verse 35. It says this, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still what? Dark. Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitude place where he what? Prayed. Just spent time with the Father. And I've been wearing these two for about a week now, and, and basically this is to pray for not just our leadership and our church and everything else, but like to pray over certain people in our church. And, and this one is just honestly just to, to pray for myself and, and how I'm leading my family and how I'm, I'm, I'm being the, the best that he can call me to be. Because if I don't take care of that time myself, and I, honestly, God's been waking me up at like 4.30 in the morning, I'm really ticked off at him. I mean, it's because that during the day, I don't take time to reflect or just go away that, that solitude place where I can just go spend. So I put some little bands on and I've been popping them like this to create a little bit of tension in my life and to remind myself wait a minute, I need to slow down. I need to pray because I don't want to get burned out because we have a journey. We have some more minutes ahead of us that's going to change lives and I'm excited about it. So I need to take care of myself. I need to remove myself from the situation to go spend time with the Father. You see, we can't give out if we have not been filled up. We, we can't give out what we don't have. And so you need to go fill up with the Father. And when you spend, spend some valuable minutes with God, he will create a moment that will actually change who you are. And this is how God is filling you back up so you can continue to give at a high level and, and feel like you can to meet those vampires face to face. And I mean your friends and your family with love that is real and is not coming from you. It's coming from Jesus. Think about it this way. Now, my background and my DNA is a a pilot have you ever been on a plane and what happens at the very beginning before you even take off the ground they're sort of doing the last call and everything and that little stewardess comes out and and she gets your undivided attention and, and then all of a sudden before they take off they they go through this spill that really no one listens to and, and, and but for those who pay attention they they always tell you what they, they tell you that if if the plane loses what altitude and they'll tell you the first thing you need to do is what those little thingies come off the ceiling the oxygen mask right the first thing it does it drops down and the first thing you're told to do is what Put your mask on who? Yourself. Yourself, right? There's a reason why. Because you're told to put the mask on your, you first, and then you get to choose which kid you love the most, right? <laughs> uh, which one of the four that I really love? Any, many, many. Oh, go. Okay. You know, I love her. Anyways, so this was the moments, and then my wife, she can figure it out herself. Uh, but, but, you know, you put it on your face first, because if you're not healthy, you can't Help your children. You can't help the person beside you. You can't help the really needy person sitting there, desperately trying to figure out. It's not very hard to pull that rubber band around, stretch across your face, put your nose. You know, they're just they got it wrapped around their foot for some odd reason. Right? It's it's funny that they just can't figure life out sometimes, and we just like I can't help that person. But you can't help them if you're not healthy and you're not breathing in some great oxygen that comes from the Father. You wanna be able to help and pour out into a full cup because once your cup is is empty, you got nothing else to give. And so we need to give strategically and we're gonna serve wisely. And then number three, and the last one, we're gonna trust completely. We're gonna trust the Father completely. We're gonna trust God in a way that really slows things down for us and changes everything. And and God, we're, we're going to do what, we know you're leading us to do, and we're going to trust you, God, and and, and we trust you with the results already because you're faithful, God. Even if it does not make sense in our brains, regardless of the consequences in that moment, we trust you, God, and to not play God. I don't know if you caught that, but sometimes we play God because we've already made up our mind. We're not going to help that person, that need. We've already made that mind up. Instead of praying about it, giving wise. We we, got to trust God why he presented that thing in the first place. You see, Jesus told a story in Luke's gospel in Luke 15. It's it's known as the parable of uh, of the prodigal son. Some of you know the story, some of you don't. But what happened is is, is there was a dad who had two sons, and the younger son said to dad, essentially he said, I would rather that you die. I'd rather that you die, but since you got, you're not going to, I would would just, I, I want my inheritance now. I want I want what you're gonna give me when you die. I want, to, I want it now. Give me my inheritance, and I want to go party and literally live it up. And the dad ended up granting the son's request, and, and the son went out, and, and, and it actually it, it broke the father's heart. He dishonored every value that he'd ever been taught in his family, and, and he lived a wild, sinful life. The father prayed every single day, and, and the father watched every day on the horizon for his son's return. The father hoped every day, you know what the father never did? The father never ran out and rescued him. They never, he never did go chase him down. He loved him enough to let the son end up in the pig pen in the mess, eating the stuff that pigs eat. And when the son finally came to his senses, his sinful decisions, it took him to that place that made him realize that even my father's servants have more than this stuff. And maybe I should go back and apologize to my dad and see if he'll, he'll take me back. And even as a servant, I'll serve there first. I know I'm unworthy, but he came to his senses and the father loved his son enough to let the God-given consequences actually play out in his life so that the son would come to a place where he would come to a census. And what we need to understand from that story is this, and I hope you're listening, is sometimes is rescuing is not always helping. Rescuing is not always helping. See, sometimes we think we're, oh, we're, we're good, we're, we're better than that person, or we got it all together and we just wanna rescue that person. We gotta trust God completely in a way that changes not just them, but us. Sometimes you have to let needy people, and this sounds cruel, but the truth is, 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 is this is not cruel. This is actually the very loving thing that they need because rescuing is not always the same as helping. And with the right posture, I want you to hear this, with the right posture of, of humility and love, it can change everything. Never help with arrogance. Arrogance. I'm here to meet your needs. I'm here to save the day. But I'm here to come with the same attitude Jesus Christ did, to come and to serve and to love. You see, in John thirteen thirty-five, it says, they will know that you're my disciple, not by how you showed up, but how you loved. You got to lead with love. But if you don't know the love, how in the world are you going to do it? It's through you, not him. So therefore, you just see needs everywhere and you just want to rescue. You just want to emotionally respond. You respond out of guilt. You respond however you want to instead of how the Father really wants you to. You see, if we do this, what we'll come to realize is we're both. Here it is for us today. If we do this, if we do all three of these things, what we'll come to our senses and what we'll understand is is we are both mutually needing the healing power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And finding it together is so much better. It can change who you are. It can change the lifestyle that you're in and it can change you instantaneously, not just with a hand out, but a hand up. And this is what David, the most amazing man in the Bible, in my opinion, that went through so much stuff. In Psalms 70, verse five, he said that, I am poor and I am needy. Come quickly to me, God. You are my help and you are my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. Lord, do not delay. My prayer is today. In the minutes that you have left before the sun sets that our prayer is, Lord, do not delay. Come. Come into my life. Allow me to know that I am needy as well. And I need to go out and and just just, just to pray and to to seek you and just to to, to love wisely, strategically, and to literally be the hands and feet. and, And to go out and help people truly in need. So in any moment, we can look at someone else and say, I am here to walk with you. May we remember we are just in need of a Savior. It just looks different. May we remember that we are called to invest the minutes left on this earth in your life wisely. May we remember we're called to to change what we care about by walking alongside the father whose hand is reaching out. And when we do that, we begin to center, we begin to point and we begin to live with Jesus and we get to introduce others to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ who changes us every single time we allow him to hold our hands. When Jesus uses this hand up motion, I already know what happens. I, I believe we get to see blessings of, of knowing that God will use the minutes that He's getting ready to create. He's getting ready to create a moment that can change everything in your future. And it can literally change the trajectory. You have 500,000 minutes, 525, 600 minutes to use this year. How many of those minutes left until next year, this time? will you continue to reach out to the Father and ask for help and be a conduit of love to others who are constantly needing His love? How are you going to do it? How are you first going to respond to His love so you can go out and be love to others? That's up to you. You have to decide that one. So today, that's where I leave you. I want you to go home and think about it. I want you to to really just honestly contemplate it now because it's a huge moment for us all. If we get this one right, I promise you it will change the culture. It will change what we do in the future. It will change the minute tomorrow and it will create a moment that we will look back and say, God did that. And it will be the building block of love. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for how you're changing lives. I thank you how you're creating the tension around us and how you're allowing us to see the need. And may we just be, may we just be, may we receive your love first in a way that can change ours. Because we're just needy in our own ways. God, may we just see it. May our marriages just be filled up because we need more of you in our marriages, Father, in our finances with our kids Father may we look inwardly at ourselves before we look outwardly and we just respond emotionally I want to be completely fully devoted to you with people that are like minded so we can create a moment that can just literally change the trajectory of our community God but that starts with us moving from here to there and Father that can happen right now because you're trying you've already released your spirit Fire's there We just have to respond, and I pray as you just move, you move men of this church to respond, and women, faithfully, that we just, we go all in and we just trust you with what you're trying to get our attention. Whatever the need may be, may we just be vessels in our community to meet needs strategically, wisely, and we trust you with every step, with every minute, that we have left. Father, in your name, amen.